Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. For this episode, we're back in Ireland, in County Sligo. We'll be joined by Ashling Kelly Hunter, the owner of Sligo Oyster Experience and WB's Coffee House. Ashling, you're very welcome to the show. Uh, thank you very much, Ryan. I'm delighted to be here. Delighted to have you. Typical fashion of the show is early influences, challenges, pivotal moments. So let's start at the beginning. You grew up in Sligo. Any favourite standout memories of your childhood growing up there? Um, playing out in my granny's house with my cousins in Oakfield. It was like a little farm and it was just gorgeous. And I just remember summers playing. It was great fun. Nice. You you, you mentioned your granny. Um, yeah. I'm always interested to know, because I know names that spring to my mind when I'm able to ask this question. There's, there's usually a person or a number of people, whether it's a teacher, an acquaintance, a friend, a close family member, an extended family member who's had an impact or influence on who you've turned out to be today. Can Does anyone spring to mind for you? My dad, 100%. Yeah. Big. What's your dad's massive. name? Kevin. Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Yeah. Um, he passed away in 2014, but he was definitely, he had a family pub where the coffee shop is now. And mm. he started off, he got into a company called Brooks Hanley here in Sligo. But he actually got TB in his early 20s and he ended mm. up in Merlin Park in Galway in hospital for a year. And everyone in the ward, it was six beds and they all died except dad. Wow. So when he came out of there, which is fascinating, he was going out with my mum at the time and she used to go up and down on the bus to see him and um, he was telling her to move on, you know, but she stuck with him. And then when he got out, she went back to work in Brooks Hanley's and his boss gave him a year's salary. Wow. Yeah. And that's what helped him to buy the pub. That's what got him going. Holy moly. That's the punch bowl, isn't it? Yeah. Punch bowl lounge. Yeah. Very cool. Another question before we exit the early influential chapter. Um, yeah. For me, I studied a uh, tourism uh, degree as well. Um, I have all of, uh, Throughout my younger years, I wanted to be a hotel manager slash hotel owner. And then about 17, 18 years old, that changed. Um, I'm kind of curious, from your angle, what was it that influenced you to, I believe it was business and tourism and IT Sligo. Uh, was it the fact that your parents owned the Punchbowl pub or was it something else? No, I wanted to travel around the world. I was dying to get out of Sligo <laughs> at the time. Like I loved Sligo, but at that age, you just want to go and explore. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted my own business, but I didn't know in what area. And I just knew I always I wanted to travel. So that was gotcha. why I picked what I picked. Couple of things I know about you before we move to the next chapter is that you've been to places like Edinburgh and you know you you spent some time there, San yeah. Francisco, Germany. You're a dog owner. You are a mother. Uh, yeah. What's one thing you're into or curious about that not a lot of people would know about you? Hmm. I'm not sure. I have no idea. I think it pops up randomly. Something will randomly pop up. 
Okay. I'm not you sure. spent, when you came back from Edinburgh, you spent 10 years, or just over 10 years actually, in different sales roles uh, mm-hmm. in the hospitality industry. Any standout uh, lessons that you learned or key takeaways potentially helping you build a network or hone a certain skill set? I think the biggest thing I remember is even like one of my earliest jobs in Sligo. <clears throat> I worked for Lady Anne Glynn and she owned Glynn's House and Garden back then and a shop. And I remember I was in complete over as a businesswoman mm. and how she was multitasking. And from then on, nearly everyone I worked for, I just aspired to be someone like them. And I, I just really was um, amazed by business owners and how they were able to do what they did. So I just had an interest straight away. So even in all my roles, like I worked for Paul Claffey, he was the managing director, still is of Midwest Radio. And I thought he was fascinating because he's so highly motivated entrepreneur and he used to basically bring his listeners from the radio on a holiday for a week with country music. And it was amazing. It was like being at an Irish wedding every night for seven nights. And it was just great fun and I loved his drive and I loved his passion for his customers. I thought that was really, and it was the same then when I moved on, I worked for um, Paul Hackett, he's the CEO of Click and Go now, and um, Adrian O'Hara. And I just loved their passion and commitment for their customers and their staff. They were brilliant bosses. You've mentioned passion, commitment and drive. Is that something that's a common trait you see amongst business owners that keeps them going? Yeah, I think you have to have the passion and you have to have the drive. You need the persistence because if you don't have it, it's like, are you interested or are you committed? If you're interested, you're not going to stay in business. If you're committed, you're going to do whatever it takes. You think there's a way that people can consistently have a fire underneath their ass if they're not naturally motivated or that it's something that comes to someone naturally? I think... No, I think you can find your purpose. I think it's hard for you when you're younger, if you're not sure what you want to do and Mm. you can drift for a while. But if somebody can help you or you find somebody and that sparks something inside you, I think it is in everyone. You just need either hopefully the right influencers around you or something that sparks a passion in you. Well, one of the things you're participating in is the Empower program. Um, yeah. I know you're a recent participant in that. Does that help you? Or, and maybe you can explain to listeners what it is. Yeah, so the Empower program is um, set up by the European Union, and it's basically to help females in the West of Ireland become leaders in Ireland, mm-hmm. in the West of Ireland. And um, because women still are on the lower end of entrepreneurs, and even when they go for funding, less, less than 5% of women will get it. And it's because they don't have the same confidence or life gets in the way um, with children and family. So Empower is basically bringing a group of women. There's 13 of us together from the West of Ireland. And it's peer-to-peer learning and mentoring to basically, so we have set out our vision that we want to achieve by the 5th of March, 2022. And then we list our tasks and then we work with each other to what are you doing this month? How are you going to get there? What was the challenges? What's the opportunities? And do you need to move in a different direction? You know, you can't just stay 
this is the only way you need to be adaptable. To me, it sounds somewhat like accountability partnership as well as an access to a great network of people. 100% because when mm. you're an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, you're just doing it yourself. Mm. And you need, it, it's good to have, you have to get things done by this date and accountability, it, it does help you get, I think it helps you grow quicker. You think people should spend time working for others to um, make the mistakes, learn the lessons at the expense of someone else before they potentially go out and do something themselves? I used to think that, but not necessarily now. I think it depends on your personality. I think in school, if you do TY or something else, I think it's very important to get kids 13, 14 years of age thinking about opening their little business, whether it's making jewellery, something, because if they do that and achieve it, it's setting a seed in them. And mm. So I don't necessarily think, I think it depends on your personality. Some people I just think could never work for someone. Mm -hmm. And then I think others enjoy it and they learn and then they get the confidence. Nice. Sligo Oyster Experience. How did that come about? So I worked in tourism and sales. And when mm -hmm. I was moving home, my dad had passed away and I was trying to rent out the coffee shop. It was empty. And then I just decided, you know what, I'll give it a go. I always wanted my own business. I love that. So I'll give it a go. And um, my mum nearly lost her life. She thought I was mad. Well, so did the whole family. But anyways, I gave him my notice on the Wednesday. And on the Saturday night, I met my now husband, who happened to be an oyster farmer. And I was like, I didn't That's know Sligo had, yeah, I didn't know Sligo had oyster farms. So then we went on a few dates and when he brought me out to the oyster farm, I was like, this is amazing. People need to see this. It's just beautiful. And then the more I learned about oysters, they're like an ancient food. So like there's a magic, there's a mystery. Like you'll always remember where you had your last oyster and mm -hmm. who you were with. So I just think they're very special. And then I love shellfish. Like we always used to eat shellfish. It'd be oysters and cockles when we were small never oysters but I just said this is amazing and you should be selling them locally they export the majority so they do supply loads of restaurants and then I started doing little tastings in the coffee shop and then I had the idea then of the oyster experience why why not let like tell people the story of Sligo oysters it's brilliant and I'll leave links below to your website if anyone's interested in learning more about the experience that you guys provide um, I checked out some videos. Uh, amazing. I I have always, before the pandemic, I used to travel a fair bit uh, over to Baltimore in America. And anytime I was there, it was when I had oysters. Oh. And I, I didn't know there was an oyster experience in Ireland until six, seven weeks ago when I first contacted you. So that's pretty cool that I don't have to venture 5,000, 6,000 kilometers the opposite way to, uh, yeah. to find it anymore. And the amazing things about oysters is they're like wine. So if you have Galway oysters, Donegal or oysters, even the ones in Baltimore, they're all going to taste slightly different. And even the look at their shell, because they're influenced by the nature around them. So in Sligo, mm. we have Knocknaray Mountain and Ben Bulvan, and the minerals flow into the sea and that feeds the oysters. So it, it makes it more interesting. The, the next time you eat oysters, you'll be looking at them going, where do these grow? And, you know, it's just interesting. It's a great experience because... 
there's a couple of friends that I have that would be over there from having been over there so much and we'd go out and eat sometimes uh, together and when you order oysters it's like a dish in the middle of the table and then there's just some people have wine some people have beer but it's a good uh, it's a good flow of conversation for the hour hour and a half that you're sitting there for whereas other meals would you'd, you'd be focused on your meal whereas this is kind of a communal conversation yeah it's great I like it yeah I always say that it's about sharing and people put down their phones if they're having oysters mm-hmm. because they don't usually see them. So they're like, what the hell are these? And then how do you eat them? Do you swallow them? Do you throw them back? Do you chew them? So like it's a bit of, I just like it. I think it's really anyone who comes on the tours, like there's always great conversation at the table afterwards when we're when, when they're trying them. One of the videos I saw recently, I think you did it for Sligo Food Trail, yep. uh, where you added cheese to the oysters. And I'm not gonna lie, like they look incredibly nice. Uh, if anyone, actually, I, 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 I'll lead to what I'm about to lead to now, but it's probably better asking this question. You, you, you started the business 20, second half of 2018, and then 18 months later, the world kind of came to a halt. One of the things I noticed that you do now, and I don't know if you did it at the start was, and this is what I'm leading to, oyster hampers, you sell, hampers that people can buy was that in reaction to what happened 18 months ago or is that something you'd always had your eyes on and again anyone interested links below um well we used to sell them takeaway in the shop well we still do um because mm. the cafe stayed open for takeaway but um then some of our customers who used to come to sligo started asking could we send them to them and then I just said, okay, we need to do this. But definitely, I think a lot of things changed because of the pandemic, in good ways as well. Mm. Yeah, I certainly see more people in my village than I've ever seen before, just from going for coffees with people and more coffee shops than ever before. There's a joke going around that my yes. friend said to me the other day. He said, you see a horse box now, you don't know whether there's a horse in it or a, or a coffee machine <laughs> in the back of it. <laughs> yeah. Is there a um, focus on the industry you've been in, hospitality, tourism, food? Is there a commonly held uh, belief that you disagree with from that industry? I am not sure. I think I came in the hospitality in a totally different mindset mm. than people who have, say, coffee shops and restaurants. I came from a tourism angle. And gotcha. I think even my coffee shop is called WB's after William Butler Yates because his statue is across the road. So I just always came from thinking about visitors coming to Sligo. Um, and then I was just trying to figure out how to make a coffee, how to, how to buy equipment, how to run a business, how to get it. staff. <laughs> Absolute grafter. Does Yates have a tie to Sligo? Spend some time there? Yeah, it's really, I love, it's so interesting when you learn about Yates. So like in school, I wasn't that into poetry at all. And um, (laughs) so I was like, okay, this guy, William Butler Yates, if I'm going to call the cafe after him, I better find something to know and like about him. Um, So basically his mom was from Sligo, Susan Pollockson. And she was from a wealthy shipping um, family. And then she met John Yates his dad and he was from Dublin and they got married and he was going on to be a barrister and then he decided you know what I don't want to be a barrister I want to be an artist so they moved to London but unfortunately for him he was a brilliant artist but he wasn't great at selling them 
for completing them. So they lived in poverty. And then she wow. was really depressed. And she used to come home for months on end with the children. And they all say that their mum was the happiest when she was in Sligo. And that's what inspired them because their mum was happiest. They were happiest. So mm. that's why William started, well, his uncle started telling them like um, stories about fairies and mythical um, stories about Sligo. And he got fascinated with that. And then he started writing about fairies and Ben Bulban and that kind of thing. And then it evolved. But he always, always had a special connection with Sligo. And even his brother, Jack B. Yates, one of his paintings sold in 2019. It was called An Evening in Spring for 1.9 million. And wow. it was a, yeah, it was a, it's a picture of a family sitting around a dinner table in Lizardell. And he said, he's quoted as saying, in every one of his paintings, he had a little bit of Sligo. So I think there, it was an emotional connection about their mom. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. I like that. That's a cool story. I didn't know that. So thanks for sharing that. Um, for our American listeners, one of my about to reference is high school for our English and Irish listeners, top three demographics. Uh, it's secondary school. Is there a, a mandatory subject that you'd add to the secondary school curriculum if you had the decision-making power? What would it be and why? Okay, um, so I'm a big thing just for my own going to school in life skills. So your home economics, how to go to college and be able to cook yourself a meal and things mm -hmm. like that, which is already there. But I think there should be um, a subject around goal setting, your vision, um, your habits, writing things down. My dad always said, write everything down, write everything down. And they say you're 42 percent more likely to achieve your goals by writing them down mm. that's amazing 42 percent it's one of the things i do every night before i go to bed i have my uh, book over there and i write down my list of things that i want to get done tomorrow so yeah. that the next day it's as simple as just just do that list of things and you'll feel like you've done something 100% and it could be as simple as if you are very low in confidence or you're not sure what you're doing or you're, you're starting out, send the email, mm. make the phone call, do that one thing that scares you because that's going to bring you on another step. And I think as well, like children need belief in themselves and if they write their little goals and keep doing it, it's forming a habit, but also if they achieve a little goal, that's building their confidence. And then if it doesn't go well, that will build their resilience because they'll go, well, I'll do it this way. That's why I think it's a massive thing. I encourage all our staff in work to do their goals and write out their vision um, mm. for their life. You know, absolutely agree with you there. Great answer. A um, couple more questions left for you. One of them is, is there anyone that you go to, because uh, I'm part of the Empower program, maybe you go to someone or you listen to a podcast or read books or watch YouTube videos, continue to up-level or level up? Yeah, I have, I have loads of things I do. So I was in an ACORNS program that was for the acceleration of women in rural Ireland for growth as well. So I'd nice. go to some of my mentors there um, or the head lady, Paula Fitzsimons, I'd give her a call if I needed to. Um, 
then I have a couple of people in business in Sligo. One of them is 50 years in business. I ring them, I have a chat, go over. And I just feel those people with the experience have, they're very calm. Mm. They're very patient. They've been through it and they've an empathy for you. And I think they're brilliant. They're like diamonds in your town. So I'd actually ask a lot of business people for help. I always, I'm very kind of open that way. If I have a problem, I just ask for help. And that's a good, that's a good trait to have though, to be, to be vulnerable enough to say, I don't know everything. I'm willing to, uh, to ask people for help because they might not see things differently than I see them. Yeah. Because you're all always learning. Like you can only, when you know better, you do better. Mm-hmm. So you're always just learning. And as long as your intention is good and positive. Um, and I suppose I love my town. I love Sligo and I'm excited for all its opportunities and I want people to come and visit our town. So I think our town really works well together. Like we, we really do um, as a business community, I think. And the local support and everything is amazing. People are just, I think they've been so lovely through this. Outside of the two businesses that you own, if someone wants to come visit Sligo, what one place would you recommend them to visit? Um, what one place would I recommend? Well, if you like activities, mm-hmm. like I definitely think you need to do a hike, whether it's Ben Bulban Mountain, there's even a like a 5k loop, an easy one. Or if you're a real hiker, you can do climb to the top or Knocknery Mountain. I think those two are easy and anyone can do it. Um, but like surfing in Sligo is just unbelievable. Horse riding oh, on surfing. the beach, hundred percent amazing. Wow! Yeah, oh, it's unreal. And then um, there's boya seaweed baths. You can go for a lovely bath okay. in the winter. That's class. So to there's... Add, uh, Sligo to... I'm actually off the Delphi Resort next week for oh, two nights, two or three nights. I think I think it's two nights. So I'm looking forward to that. But I have to add Sligo to the list of places. Yes. Definitely. Let me know and I'll show you around. I'll pop in for a coffee. I'm addicted to coffee. I've had two coffees already and what is it, 11.30 a.m.? <laughs> Probably not a great thing. Um, two final questions for you. If your, your your loved ones are all safe, but if your house was burning down and you could only save one item, what one item would that be? Oh, um, the photo of me and dad when I was a child. And now that you say it, I must get that digital or yeah because it's an old photo that's the only thing i'd be happy out then well thanks for not saying your laptop or your phone most people say that laptop or phone oh god people come up with something different than that and i'm always like well your laptop and your phone if you're smart enough should be backed up online to a cloud yeah final question for you i'd like you to imagine it's the year 2030 as if we're now talking it's the year 2030 and you're looking back on the last nine ten years a decade and um, you can't say this personally professionally or a combination of both but what would you like to be looking back on i'd like um i'd like to be have traveled all over the world um we like to mix business with pleasure so i'd love to go to amazing destinations more um because i love traveling I'd love my baby to be a confident, resilient little girl who has belief in herself. Nice. And yeah, that's my main thing, belief in herself and that 
we're happy we're the way we are now we're just happy out and um that the business is thriving and profitable and that we've the same brilliant team or, you know our new team whoever comes mm. into our team and i want sligo oysters world famous i want people to be coming to sligo for the oysters I hope all of that does come through from your daughter to world famous Sligo Oysters and getting to take off many, many more countries. I'm a lover of travel myself as well, so uh, I can't wait to get on a plane again but for today. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I've got Portugal booked for the end of August um, with, with a friend, so hoping I can get over there. Yeah, I'd love to get away. Like, it's, even though the weather is amazing. It's cracking at the moment. Uh, yeah. Great weather in Mead here. I took a picture yesterday of uh, I went up to my parents and had a coffee there and I was in the back garden. And after about 90 seconds, I started to sweat. And it was 30 degrees. I'm up in Mead and I was like, wow, I've never seen 30 degrees in Mead. I know. It's insane, mm. isn't it? Yeah, the Americans listening to this are probably laughing right now. Yeah, I know. One day they measure it completely differently. For that translation, Fahrenheit is about 86 in Fahrenheit, if anyone's listening, which is hot for Ireland. Anyway. Yeah. Look, we'll leave it there, Ashley. Thank you very much for being my guest today. Um, wish you continued success. I'll be out to Sligo for the oysters and the horse riding on the beach definitely caught my attention as well. So yes. I, I got to take that box. But uh, thank you very much for being my guest today. Thanks a million, Ryan. Nice to meet you. If your metro don't trust you, I'm going to show you. Beautiful morning, you're the sun of my morning, babe. Nothing in the water.